This episode of Proper English is brought to you by the Full English Breakfast and the idiom opening a can of worms. Hello, my name's Dave. And I'm Alison. And we'd like to welcome you to the 14th episode of our podcast, which, as you know, is called Proper English. English. If you're learning English and you want to know the correct words to describe shredded potato fried in butter. If your mouth waters at the thought of spotted dick and custard. If you're puzzled by the idea of a Sunday roast and in particular a full English breakfast. Then proper English is just the thing for you. Previously on Proper English. We were considering all the phrasal verbs you can use around the home. This time we're back in the kitchen. In future episodes, we'll return to chat about classic desserts like trifle. And bread and butter pudding. Or parking. Or jam roly-poly. But for now, we're concentrating on the savoury. The most important meal of the day, as far as I'm concerned. The full English breakfast. Mm. Otherwise known as a fry-up. Sometimes even the full monte. Not to be confused with the 1990s British film of the same name, mm-hmm. which, incidentally, was set in my hometown of Sheffield. And to be honest, has nothing to do with breakfasts. How did this all start then, Dave? Well, the tradition of a breakfast feast goes back to the late Middle Ages in England. It was harking back to the Anglo-Saxon custom of social hospitality, upheld as a duty by the landed gentry of England. The landowners, the upper classes. Yeah, to provide a magnificent breakfast. The most important meal of the day. As we've said before, (laughs) for friends and family and neighbours and visitors in their equally magnificent country houses. Mm -hmm. You'd have all sorts of stuff for brekkie in those days. Pork crackling, a massive pork chop, bone marrow, pheasant legs, stewed figs. Amazing. Over the centuries, the full English breakfast became known as a worker's breakfast. Plenty of protein to prepare for a day of hard physical exertion. So, what constitutes a full English breakfast these days? Oh, where do you start? Sausages. Bacon. Eggs. Baked beans. Grilled tomatoes. Mushrooms. Black pudding. Fried bread. Sometimes hash browns. Fantastic. I've just had a thought. Maybe we should warn our vegetarian and vegan listeners, Dave. Hmm, yeah, you might be right. We're going to be talking about meat quite a lot in this episode. So if that's not your thing, well, it's up to you, I guess. Anyway... The full English breakfast is without doubt my favourite meal. And sausages, well, I'm a bit of a sausage connoisseur. I love the good old British banger. Why are they called bangers, Dave? Well, that's a good question, Alison. Mm. It goes back to the Great War, the 1914-18 war, when meat was scarce. And so the butcher would bulk out the sausages with fat and cheap fillers and so they would often explode when you cook them in the frying pan. And there are so many different kinds of British sausage. Loads of them. Generally speaking, sausages are about 70% minced meat, usually pork or beef, and the rest is made up of fat and different seasonings with breadcrumbs to bind everything together. And in many counties and regions... They have their own particular speciality, like the Cumberland sausage, for instance, which comes in a spiral rather than the traditional links and is flavoured with black pepper. Then there's the Lincolnshire, 
flavoured with sage and a little thyme. Or there's the pork and apple sausage from the West Country, Dorset and Devon, where good old scrumpy cider is brewed, and it's often added to the recipe. And of course, there's the good old Yorkshire sausage, seasoned with white pepper and mace and nutmeg and cayenne pepper. All different colours too. There are bright red tomato sausages, flavoured and coloured with tomato, of course, and black pudding made from pork blood and beef suet and some sort of grain, usually oats, and flavoured with combinations of many different herbs and spices, including marjoram, thyme, mint, rue, parsley, pennyroyal or cumin. Hold on. Rue? Pennyroyal? <laughs> what on earth are they? Herbs that they used to use in medieval and even Roman cookery. Pennyroyal grows on our land here in Portugal. Oh. It's kind of minty and it's toxic if you have too much, oh. as is rue, which oh. was known back in the day as a medicinal herb. Yeah, for migraines, bad headaches oh, okay. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I guess if you don't know what you're doing with this sort of thing, don't try it. I think that's very good advice. There's also white pudding, mm -hmm. which is black pudding without the blood. Oh. Or the rue. Or the pennyroyal. <laughs> then there's the bacon. British bacon. Oh, it's cured pork, uh, which means that it's like uh, preserved in brine, mm -hmm. uh, salt water, yeah? And British bacon is a combination cut of streaky, which is American bacon, and loin, uh, which is Canadian bacon. And sometimes it's smoked over wood to give it a particular flavour. I love smoked bacon. And if you prefer veg to meat, the Glamorgan sausage is composed of carefully cheese, leeks and breadcrumbs. And what about the stuff that goes with the sausage and bacon? Grilled tomatoes, neatly bisected, a dollop of baked beans, various different styles of cooked egg, fried, scrambled or perhaps poached. You can also have button mushrooms fried in butter, bread fried in the bacon fat and a more recent and kind of American addition is hash browns which is pan-fried shredded potatoes, usually in butter, plus a big mug of tea or coffee, maybe a glass of freshly squeezed orange juice with toast and jam or marmalade to finish. All this talk of huge meals for breakfast has made this morning's muesli seem a bit boring in comparison. Mm. <laughs> anyway, now it's time for Idiom of the Week. Idiom of the Week? So today, especially for Saori in Osaka, we're focusing on an idiom that we use when we're talking about a situation that may end up being much more difficult, complicated or unpleasant than it initially seems. For instance, sometimes talking about politics or religion or other potentially divisive subjects with some people can really open up a can of worms. Yeah, and I guess it's an idiom that conjures up a potent visual image because if you had a real can full of worms and opened it the result would be a lot of worms bursting out of a confined space which would be messy and horrible all wriggly and gooey yeah, yeah but where does it come from well i favor the idea that it comes from american fishermen originally because in british english when we're talking about a metal container we would use the word tin yeah. rather than can, yeah. wouldn't we? Mm -hmm. And back in the 1950s, American fishermen used to buy sealed cans of earthworms for bait. So opening up the can of worms, they would spill out all over the place, I guess, 
making the task of baiting their hooks a chaotic and disagreeable task. Mm. Yeah. And here we are at the end of another very agreeable episode of Proper English. <laughs> and I'm craving a sausage sandwich now with tomato ketchup. Oh, tomato ketchup. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we hope you've had fun listening in on our conversation. Please tell everyone you know about us. Your friends, your family, anyone who's studying or learning English. And don't forget to like this episode and leave us a nice review and subscribe to us on Podbean. Or Apple Podcasts. Or Castbox. Or Stitcher. Or whichever podcasting platform that you're using. So you never miss an episode. Or... You can email us at properenglish or one word at sapo.pt if you have any suggestions for future podcasts or if you just fancy a chat. And of course, you can join us on Instagram or Facebook where you can ask us any questions you might have about English grammar. So, until next time, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from me too. And thank you for listening to Proper English. sauce for sausages, never ketchup. <laughs>